You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget right here on Moody Radio 89.3. Well, sometimes we hear news stories and we think of it in light of images or a hashtag. But for the family of Tyree Nichols, they're remembering their son as a father, a young man who loves skateboarding and sunsets and photography. How do we keep tragedies from everyday people from happening over and over again? We're going to grapple with some of this story and look for ways forward with Dr. Patrick Oliver, who is the director of the criminal justice program at Cedarville University and has spent 27 years in law enforcement, including as a chief of police in the city there in, in several cities in Ohio. Dr. Oliver, thank you so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure, Bridget. You know, your experience is wide. In fact, you're, you're still part of committees helping make uh, wise decisions for communities and police forces. What, what does your experience uh, help you as you process through the events of what happened just the other day? You know, what I have found through my research and my involvement with the state of Ohio on law enforcement entry-level hiring is that uh, most times when police officers are involved in any act of police misconduct and you look into their background, you find that uh, they had a troubled background. So um, in many cases, police agencies are hiring people who potentially cause problems. And that is one of the things that you're looking at and saying, you know what, we need to, to look at some of this. But as someone who's been in law enforcement, I'm sure that what got you there is really a care and a love for communities. And communities really, in Memphis especially, are really struggling in the aftermath of this case. Yes, uh, it's certainly a service-oriented job. You have to want to serve and help people. It's a helping profession. You know, one of the, uh, I think, myths of law enforcement is that it's a job where you primarily enforce the law. Now, the enforcement of the law does occur, but it only happens about 20% of the time, whether you work at, uh, you know, New York City PD or small town PD. 80% of the job is really serving and helping people. So you really have to be a caring, compassionate, and servant-oriented person to do well in the profession. You know, I I come back to we're all made in the image of God, and I think sometimes it could be either side of this. We lose focus of that, don't we? Yes, we do. Um, You know, um, government is God-ordained. Some people would say you can't talk about government and talk about God. But you only talk about government if you do talk about God, because government is one of the three God-ordained institutions. And the purpose of government, really, as indicated in First Peter 2, verses 13 and 14, is to reward good and to protect evil. And so government is God-ordained, and it's for the administration of justice. Yeah. But then when we see... What obviously we saw in the images that were released, um, evil was perpetrated uh, allegedly on Tyree Nichols. Uh, How do we grapple with what we see? Because this isn't the first time we've seen something quite like this. You talk about law enforcement being a, a helping profession, and so many are. But what is the struggle that we are seeing that a case like this, unfortunately, is feeling like a reoccurring nightmare or a reoccurring bad movie? Mm. You know, the power of prayer is so important, and 
in theory, it's the easiest thing to do, but I think it's probably the most difficult spiritual discipline. Mm -hmm. So we need to pray for the family members of Tyree Nichols. We need to pray for the family members of the five officers who were arrested and charged. Uh, We need to pray for the police chief, C.J. Davis, and the Memphis Police Department, the prosecutor's office. And really, it's a call to look inward in the love, care, and compassion that we have for one another. You know, the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. We all need a heart transplant. We need to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's the greatest need of mankind. And so when there are problems in life, the first and most important step is sharing the gospel and people becoming committed followers of Jesus Christ. How important is the role of the chaplain? I I know many of these uh, police forces around the communities have have chaplains that go in there and spend time with them or pray with them or have uh, Bible study. How important is that role in the duties of the officer? Chaplains are certainly significant, and it's certainly recommended that all law enforcement agencies have a police chaplain. And many of them, particularly your major cities or mid-major cities, will have multiple police chaplains uh, from various religions. But I think the most important thing law enforcement agencies can do is hire people of high moral character. Uh, So I want to say more about that, but I'll just pause here. How do we, how do we find that? I guess that's, um, are are there tests to take? Are there Mm. interviews to be had? Are there questions to ask? How do you find that, that person? You find that person in the selection process. You find that person in the background investigation. You find that person in the polygraph examination. You find that person in the psychological examination. Those three components of the selection process reveal people who are individuals of character. Um, There are six traits that really make a quality law enforcement officer. Uh, The trait of high moral character, which is most important, Someone who has a strong service orientation, who wants to put others as more important than themselves, who wants to serve and help people. Someone who has good human relations skills. Officers who have good human relations skills are able to go into a negative situation and leave people feeling positive because they're care, compassion, and professionalism. Officers who are compatible team members. Law enforcement agencies operate in a concept of team. They expect you to come in early, stay late, be on call, work evenings, nights, weekends. Uh, People who are performance-driven, most law enforcement officers work independently, so you need to be able to take self-initiated activity and do the best that you can do. And then finally, officers who have self-control. When things get out of control, they maintain self-control. Now, what's interesting about those six traits of integrity, service, human relations skills, team compatibility, performance-driven, and self-control, those are all biblical principles. And so we need to look for people who have high moral character. We hire for character and we train for skill. So that's what we're taking a look at when we're talking about the hiring process. But once they are hired and once they're on forces, one of the things that you said that we need to look at is units, especially like the Scorpion unit that was used here in Memphis um, that interacted here with Tyree Nichols. What what exactly is the Scorpion unit? And is that used in many different police you know, jurisdictions around the country? In your major cities and mid-major cities, they have 
high crime areas typically. And so you have a, a lot of the crime that's occurring in a minority of the areas. And so law enforcement agencies at times develop what's called saturation units. These are plain clothes units that go and work in these high crime areas to saturate police presence and focus on high crimes. The Scorpion unit in Memphis was created to deal with the high homicide rate that they have in the city of Memphis. And so those units work, you know, basically undercover, uh, make a lot of arrests, identify people causing problems, bring them in, interview them, screen them. Uh, so uh, they do provide some benefits, but the question becomes how well are they supervised? Because uh, a lot of these officers are working in small groups and working independent. And so even though they're supervisors of those units, uh, they can't oversee all the things they're doing. So that becomes the challenge. You know, as you mentioned those six qualities, the one thing as I watched that video was I, I was just, who's going to step in and say, stop? Who's going to step in and say no more? It didn't seem like anybody was willing to do that. Is is a part of um, those traits you were talking about, being confrontational, being able to uh, co- confront people with a grace and a, an ability to uh, squelch a very difficult situation. You know, the, the primary lesson that was learned out of the George Floyd incident in Minneapolis was every law enforcement agency in America should have either a duty to intercede policy or a duty to intervene policy. They both basically mean the same thing. And those policies indicate that law enforcement officers, when they see another officer violating someone's federally protected civil rights, they have the responsibility, the obligation to step in and stop it. And that did not happen here. Also, uh, once um, Tyree Nichols became wounded by those officers, he was not rendered first aid in a timely manner. So it became a problem of both what was done to him and what was not done for him. And that should have happened both by law enforcement personnel at the scene and emergency medical technicians at the scene. Mm -hmm. And a lot in the aftermath of all of these things that have been so difficult, um, thankfully, a lot has been done right in the sense that the termination happened Rather quickly, the um, you know the re- the release of the video so that people were not suspicious of what's being hidden, charges being made, and also so many coming out, other law enforcement agencies, community leaders, pastors, everyone united in saying um, this was wrong and this needs to change. Unfortunately, um, these are things that we've I guess seen before. I guess what's different and what's the same of what we've seen before in, in situations like this in this case. What's different in this case is the timeliness of the response by the Memphis Police Department. They conducted their internal uh, affairs investigation very quickly, and within two weeks, uh, they documented their evidence, they watched the video, and they rendered job actions, terminating all five officers. Follow-up by the Shelby County Prosecutor's Office, state's attorney, Uh, issuing indictments on all five officers on multiple charges, including second-degree murder for all five of them. And then prior to releasing the video to the public, um, you know, job action was taken 
and indictments were rendered on all five of these individuals. So when people saw the video, they didn't have to worry what the police department was going to do and what the prosecutor's office was going to do. So what was different was the quick response by both the police department and the prosecutor's office. Um, what was the same was basically, you know, how they conducted the investigation and the release of the video. So um, also they took it one step further in talking with the family and encouraging and supporting them to uh, ask that people not resort to violence. And that was the same, but it was good to see the family willing to do that. So very much, um, very much willing to do that. Uh, Dr. Oliver, I guess w- one of my questions that I really want to get to is, you know, for many of us, we're, we're not in Memphis. We didn't know Tyree Nichols personally. But yet this is a story that has impacted that community and has impacted the nation. So how do we show love as believers in Christ in this in this public discourse, in this public conversation? How do we enter gospel-centered love in such a difficult situation? I think we need to, once again, pray for all of those involved. That's first and foremost. Um, Second, I think we still need to support the policing profession. It's an honorable honorable profession with a lot of good people in it. And uh, we need to support uh, justice in this matter, that justice be done. When you say support, what does that look like for a church to say we're supportive of uh, our community's police officers? Well, it's it's not only praying for them, but uh, maybe sometimes engaging with them. A lot of them have uh, citizen police academies. Uh, certainly some churches can bring by food to public safety officials. You can talk to officers when you see them out in the community and tell them thank you for their service and that you appreciate them. You can invite them to attend your church and come to church services and maybe have ceremonies that honor them. So there's a lot of different things you can do. And some of these things that have been done in communities across the United States. And one of the things I appreciate and what I hear you saying is that the cry for justice and supporting law enforcement is not mutually exclusive. It's not one or the other. We need both. So what does pursuing justice look like, not just in this case, but also going forward? You know, asking that the the court system um, hear the case and render a fair and impartial decision and really supporting that. Um, not rushing to judgment or taking one side over another, but letting the legal system do what it should do. And so it's not a perfect system, but our legal system, the United States of America, I think is still the best in the world. Um, because uh, you know, we have a system basically where people are innocent until proven guilty. And one of the things that many people don't understand about our system is that the criminal justice system per se is not a moral system in this sense that when the court renders a decision, either by judge or jury, they're rendering a decision based on the evidence. They're not saying the person did or did not do it. But is there sufficient evidence, proof beyond a reasonable uh, doubt, to make a decision? Well, Dr. Oliver, I thank you for your time. There, there are um, sometimes more questions than answers, it seems like, but I think your call for us to always start with prayer is the most important thing we can hear, and then moving from there and making um, 
wise decisions for our community and how we move forward, I think is so important. But it starts and ends with prayer, really. And I, I think that's where you're uh, calling us to. So thank you for your time this morning. We appreciate your um, diligence mm-hmm. with the answers. Sure, you're welcome. And it's I, hard to see this situation correctly unless you do so from a biblical worldview. Amen to that. Biblical worldview. And that's why I want to thank you, Dr. Oliver, and also point our friends to an article we're in by a pastor in Memphis who's also the leader of a Memphis Christian Pastors Network. His name is Rufus Smith IV, and he wrote several points on ways we can be praying for their community during this time. But again, I think these prayers are not just for Memphis, but for what we're seeing around the nation. And I think that'll be very helpful to you. We've got it linked on our Facebook 